Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Jason. Samantha Dawn says hello. Take four of this mic check. We're having a lot of technical difficulties today, everyone. We're here. We're trying our best. Yes. Thank you for tuning in, survivors. Welcome to episode 45 of Survival Jobs, a podcast in collaboration with Broadway World. Yes, we're about wow. to turn 50, 50 episodes. Wow. That's crazy that we that you and I have done almost 50 mic checks interviewed not 50 guests because you know we've we've like had some just one-on-ones and had some Mm -hmm. like re-releases but still that's a lot of shows that is that's like 40 people that's a lot of people congratulations jason proud of you congratulations to you too samantha dawn so it's a little proud of you as well thank you glasses Sorry, thank you. Thank you. My new glasses. <laughs> I do just want to address this to everyone who's watching this video. How? So I lost my glasses in March and I just got it, uh, them back. It's feeling great to be able to see. How does one record with a ring light and not get the ring light in the glasses? I'm having, I keep like going into it, but Did then I'm like, it? okay. I didn't because you know what? (laughs) Maybe next time. Okay. It's going to be about the placement and my AC is off for a good audio recording and it's too hot to think about it. It is. And also to the people who are just listening, I want to let you know, Jason and I are in full matching Bridgeport film festival shirts today in our uniform in our survival jobs host uniform. And we're here and we're doing it. Now, Pride T-shirts designed by Sarah Byrne. Thank you, Sarah. They're so cute, right? Oh, wait. They're so cute. (laughs) There's a ring light. Thank you to Sarah. Yes, shout out to Sarah. Um, So this week is Whitney Houston's birthday, which is everyone knows, who knows me, is my favorite, favorite singer of all time. What's your favorite Whitney Houston song, Samantha? It's got to be And I Will Always Love You. Oh, a classic. That's a good one. That's a good one. You'd be crying. What's yours? What's yours? Oh, yeah. It gets me every time. Gets me every <laughs> single time. That's so funny. Well, I can't pick just one. I have like a thousand, but I always love you is is the reason why I'm a fan. So classic. There you go. Um, but I, I like, you know, I, I like summertime. I like to listen to the up tempos, you know, like so emotional. I want to dance with, oh, I think it's hit the mic. I want to dance with somebody. You know, we need like those upbeat summer jams, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
hundred percent. A good ballad goes a long way. <laughs> a good ballad goes such a long way. Yeah. A good ballad gets me through a lot of sadness, even though the ballads are typically sad. So when you're sad, you just keep. But you want to be in those feelings. You want to like breathe and and then let it out with some tears, right? And then hopefully over time, you know, you feel like a little better, a little stronger, right? A little wiser. Thank you, (laughs) thank you so much, Jay. You told me that you're gonna surprise me with the secret question on this mic check, and I'm secret question, but I'm literally like sweating thinking about what it is. No, I was just gonna ask you: Have you ever watched a movie, and then you're like, I don't know how I feel about that. I gotta watch that again. Have you? Yeah. Okay, so I, I do that a lot. I do what? that a lot with TV shows. Oh, but you watch, Literal, you watch like, the whole TV show over again? I know you watch Scandal. <laughs> I was just gonna say I've watched Scandal, start to finish. I think three times, and when I mean start to finish, I mean season one to season seven. Yeah, that's intense. Like maybe three times. By the way, people listening, like I'm not a psycho. I did that a lot in the <laughs> pandemic when nothing was going on. Uh, I've also done it with Gilmore <laughs> Girls. I've done it with Gilmore Girls. Shout out Gilmore to say the podcast. Yes, um, Tara Llewellyn. Yeah. Okay. What What are you getting to? Have you okay, done this so recently with the movie? So I, I saw Nope. You know Jordan Peele's latest movie. Yes. Nope. So it's like a little sci-fi, uh, not really horror. And from the trailer, it looks like, you know, you're not really sure what it's about. So I watched it and I enjoyed it. But I'm like, I think I missed something. And I'm like, I think I've been thinking about it. Right? It's been ruminating in my mind. I watched it like last week, but like every day I've been like watching this, like thinking about this movie. Like I can't get it out of my head. So I'm like, I think I got to go watch it again because I feel like I need to process it. And I feel like I have a lot of feelings and thoughts, but I need to watch it one more time before I share them. Okay. Okay. Should I watch it as well, and then we can speak oh my about gosh, it together? Because I like, I really enjoyed it. I just felt like I was confused by it so much. Yeah, that time. you're like, wait, what happened yeah, here? Exactly. Exactly. And then, so I've been watching like these video essays, and like, you know, I love, I love, uh, you know, I just love watching stuff on YouTube, like video stuff about film and everything. So I've been watching yeah. that. I'm like, okay, I think I got to watch it again to really get my perspective down on it. And I think you should watch Yeah, will you watch it this week? Yeah, I will. And you know what else we'll be able to talk about on the mic check next week? What? We're both seeing Into the Woods. I'm going this evening. You are? I am. Yes. Who's your favorite character in Into the Woods? Oh, God. Jason, that's hard. I can't. I don't know. Um, I I mean, first thought is always Baker's wife, right? Oh, and that character. But Baker is mine. Look at that. Oh my get god! Married. We basically <laughs> are. We basically are married at this point. I love the baker. I love the, I baker's, love wife. the baker's wife. But I don't know. I also love the witch. I mean, it's the witch. It's like one of the best characters in it's the witch theater history ever. Yeah, so that'll be fun. All right. So we have assignments. Yeah, all all of the histories. So our assignments, and by our, I mean mine, I need to watch Nope. Where do I find this? Netflix? It's on the movie. It's in the movies. Oh, I don't think I have time to go to the theater. Okay, I'll try. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't gone to an actual movie theater in so long. Since you saw saw, um, Into the the Woods. Wow. 
in the Heights. West Side Story. Oh, West Side Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, into the woods. Actually. Into the yeah. Heights. <laughs> into the Heights. Into the woods to grandmother's house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, okay, okay, great. So we have a lot to look forward to and a lot to digest and a lot to talk about next week. And we love that. <laughs> we love a good we love a good phone ring. Of course. I'm the only person who has a household phone. I don't think you probably are the only one. I think there's probably I more. Gotta boom my mom, y'all. <laughs> yeah, the moms don't want to get rid of the house number. Never. She has a cell phone, but like loves the house. Jason, should we talk about our guest? We should talk about our guest. I'm trying to press a mute in between rings. <laughs> but we should talk about our guest. Yeah, I'm so excited. Good. Yo, she is the truth. Like, <laughs> I guess you say who her name is, right? What is what is her name? Um, Irene uh, Sofia Lucio is the truth, y'all. Uh, love talking to her. And Samantha, like, I think I said this to you after, but, like, <laughs> did we just start this podcast to get new best friends? I feel like every time we meet someone new, <laughs> I just want to be their best friend. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe we did that. Because it is true. We're so lucky. All of our guests are so cool. And we and we, we really do, like, get these friend crushes. No. But then we're like, listen, meet us at Glasshouse Tavern. Yes. Or some corn risotto. <laughs> we're obsessed. We'll be in our Matching Bridgeport Film Festival t-shirts. And oh we'll gosh. see you there. We'll see you there. When the clock strikes 12 and bring a Cinderella shoe. Yes. <laughs> no, but uh, it was so great to talk with her and meet her and... Yeah, she's the truth. Like I asked a spontaneous question and I got a great, great hot take, which I hot, <laughs> hot, hot take. Hot take, hot cake. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I feel like I've been same. I mean, you know, so I saw her in Slave Play. Yeah. I saw Slave Play a handful of times. Um, and I remember watching her performance being like, Oh, she's so good and so raw. And I mean, all of all of the actors in Slave Play were excellent. That that piece was just you had no option other than to be vulnerable and raw and present and so open. She was really special for me as an audience member, her performance. And so I said this to her on the show. I was like, I saw Slave Play a handful of times. And I remember thinking, I have to meet this girl. She's so good. And then here we are. And now we're all meeting. Bum, 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 bum. Yep, there but, we are. Um, so yeah, no, this was this was a good one. And yeah. uh, it's, it's actually so nice to talk to these actors once the show is closed, because I feel like we're gonna get, we're getting a different perspective on it mm. versus when we speak to people who are currently in the shows, course, because once yeah. you're out of it, you have time to like, let it marinate and like reflect and think about it. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, I really liked our conversation with her and I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Yeah. It was just true. Cause I feel like, I mean, that's kind of like anything, right? Like, you know, when you're in the moment of something, your perspective is always probably a bit biased, right? Because you're going through that. Like, but when it's over, and you had like time to like let it pass and to like, oh, okay, I can think about it. I can think about the pros and the cons or like whatever it may be, you know, it's just easier to like be more, uh, more well-rounded opinion on your experience. Totally. Maybe. I don't, I've never been on Broadway, so. <laughs> You're on Broadway world though. So it's close. Bam. Thank you. It's in the Thank title. you so much. We're on Thank Broadway. 
world. Thank you so much. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. You know, I'm on Broadway world. Yeah, I'm on Broadway world. <laughs> I was on the show. I, I, I'm in a show on Broadway world called Survival <laughs> World. <laughs> Chasing the world is really getting me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna tell people that now. Broadway. I think you should. Well, I, I am. I'm. I'm starring in a two-person show on Broadway. Right? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "What's it called?" You're like, "How can I get tickets?" Uh, oh well, you know, it's. We'll it's send the link. We'll send and, the link. We'll yeah, send yeah, the link. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Yeah. I'll DM yeah. the link. No problem. Exactly. Exactly. No problem. Anyway, back to. <laughs> back to our guest. You want to yeah. kick off her bio, Jay? Yes. Uh, Irene Sofia Lucille is an actor, writer, and producer who originated the role of Patricia off and on Broadway. Her, some of her credits include Slave Play and Wits on Broadway, Off-Broadway, Romeo e Julieta at the Public Theater, Slave Play, Love and Information at New York Theater Workshop, Orange Julius at the Rattlestick. I love the Rattlestick, by the way. Uh, oh undertaking... God. Bam, King Liz, a second stage, and we play for the gods at WP. Regional credits include Yell Rap, Studio Theater in DC, Cal Shapes. TV credits include The Americans, Bartlett, Madam Secretary, Gossip Girl, Cassie Cassie. She is the co-creator of Butts web series, yes. NBCU short film festival winner. Uh, Imogen Award nominee. Mm. Her education includes Princeton and the Yale School of Drama. She's a native of San Juan, Puerto Rico. Yes. Yes. Puerto Rico. That's where she called but, in from. I'm so jealous. Yes. By the way, <laughs> like, did you just hear me listing all of her TV credits? Like, no big deal. Yeah. I know. She was like, I did my research. We didn't get to really talk about the TV stuff, but she's like, know. On, like we went in on amazing other stuff. shows yeah. like the Americans and Maps. I was like, wow. That's really freaking cool. And then she talked yeah. about, I mean, y'all will hear it, but she talked about her experience yeah. on TV versus film. And yeah, uh, she's, she's goals, y'all. Literally goals. goals. Enjoy the episode, Survivors. Enjoy. And five more till 50. Love yeah. you, Jay. Hello, Irene. Welcome to Survival Jobs, a podcast. Yay! We're so happy to have you. Thanks for making time with us. And I'm so jealous that you're in beautiful Puerto Rico right now. I wish we I'm were friends my... before this so you could invite me. <laughs> I'm in my, uh, in the apartment I grew up in visiting my mom. But yeah, it's it was definitely Aww. a nice like change of pace and, and air for sure. For, yeah, like, for although sure. Although it is just as hot here as it is in New York. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she must but be so imagine... excited to see you. Yeah. I imagine Thank the, you so like... much for having me. The air is probably nicer to breathe in than like hot subway New York City pollution air. <laughs> yes, yes, you know? yes, it is hot subway. It New is. York I City can't. Air. I, I, yeah. Yes. It is. <laughs> I love your air. You know it's really way. hot. Thank you. They're my mom's. I I fully oh. took them from her bedroom to. Um, but yeah, you know it's hot when like the breeze coming from the subway feels like a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> We were saying this recently, I think, with yeah. another guest where we were like, yeah, when that, when that like germy subway breeze comes and you like it, you know that it's summer in the city. Mm. I am fully channeling like an older Puerto Rican lady, though, now, because like I always bring a fan and I'm just like. Yes, you have yeah. to. 
and just like, I don't know. I, I think we all need to be carrying fans. I agree. And by the way, good tip. We'll like link a fan to the episode now. Maybe we'll, we'll get, get a sponsor. sponsor. Right? <laughs> Great. So I know we have to like get through this episode. So this podcast is called Survival Jobs of Podcast. We love talking to artists about their careers and how they got to where they are. So let's kick it off. Jay, you want to kick it off? I do want to kick it off. Okay. Uh, Irene, do you have a favorite survival job you've had in your past that really impacted your career or one that, you know, really helped you get to where you are right now? I mean, you could argue they all helped me get to where I am right now because <laughs> you become the person that you are and it was character building and all of that. But um, I think one of the more uh, useful jobs, I don't know if it made me a better actor, uh, mm -hmm. but it was useful to sustain uh, auditioning life was uh, I was tutoring kids. I was tutoring kids all over the Upper East Side. I started with like companies that, that did tutoring. And then uh, one of them was called uh, Bell Curves. And they would go to like charter schools and inner city schools. And they would train you to do like SAT prep and common core prep. And you would go to these schools and like give classes. And I think, I think it did make me a better actor. You're, you become a better listener. Uh, you have to keep kids engaged. Uh, and then I took that training and I went private and like, I just, you know, I put my, my profile up in, in care.com where they have like a tutoring section. And then I slowly started family, finding families, uh, like the Upper East Side and stuff. And then like that became a referral system. Mm -hmm. And I would just do like, I, I would try to divide my day so that the first half of the day was for acting stuff. Um, and then the second half from three onwards, I was tutoring. I was going from house to house. Um, and that was a very, you know, I was charging cash. And cash money. Making, and making like <laughs> a really good hourly rate, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And I also noticed that I was like getting, it was mentally exhausting, but it was not physically exhausting. And that I think was a big help. To, to just sustain the stamina that it takes to be an actor. You know, it's really hard. Oh, for oh it's sure. so hard. I also love what you said. You're like, okay, so I took the first half of my day to do acting stuff and then from three onwards. And I think as artists and, and, and people who have many aspirations and need these survival jobs, that's really important. I've actually been trying that to like really nail it for myself recently. Okay, from this time to this time, I work on the podcast, then I do my survival job. Then I like learn a new monologue. It's so hard to like hold yourself accountable. So like pro tip for all the listeners, like that's what we have to do. Yeah, and I think you the know? more you can be accountable to other people, the better. So I think that helped me that like my survival job I was accountable to these families right like right you have to like it's a huge deal if you don't make it for that kid you know that oh, day sure. if, they're, if they can't study for that test um and so you you show up right but then like the actually what was harder was to show up for myself because I wasn't as accountable to other people I'd be like I have to do this you know until I have until 3 p.m so I do have to get up early in order to get all of these things done otherwise I you know Otherwise, I'll just like sleep till noon, right? Yeah. Coffee, and then like stumble to 
you know, a tutoring job at 3 p.m. Right, yeah. which is so easy to fall into. Exactly. It is. It is. And I mean, I'd be lying. I'd be lying if I didn't say like occasionally I had days like that for sure. <laughs> I mean, same. I mean, are we I mean, all? You're human, human. so. <laughs> but how many students did you have in total? Like at, at your peak of this uh, survival job? I had like 12 students at my peak. Oh, wow. Um, because you'd see them, you know, some students you'd see once a week. Mm-hmm. And then other students you'd see twice a week. Um, I had one that I was sort of like the, I was sort of like the homework helper. Like I was just, it was just, I was just there to help like middle school boys with ADHD organize <laughs> their backpack and their schedule and be like, this is what we're doing and you got this. So, <laughs> so that I would see, you know, every day kind of. It was different, different things, like different students needed different things, depending on the age, depending on their brain. Um, yeah. But I did like it because it, it did feel like at the end of each hour that I, I was. <laughs> she said, hello, <laughs> this new world we live in. <laughs> what, we love, what a time. We love. Um, yeah, you were saying about, okay, so we picked up, let's pick up from the middle school boys with ADHD. I mean, I have ADHD, so I was also same. Yeah, so and I think it's actually very common for uh, our our creative brains to have it. Like, I don't, I never saw it as a an impediment. I saw it as like you have a superpower. We just have to learn how to harness it, Um, and then like destigmatize it, like destigmatizing that for the parents and for the kids themselves, so that they didn't feel. You know, like I, you know, I, I was always the kid that had like a really messy backpack and like messy notebooks, Same. and I always felt <laughs> shame for. Um, spe- it's always a girl that had the most perfect notebook with the highlighted lines, and it looked so neat. Yeah, and they were always a little bit smug about it, and yeah. I always felt shame that I wasn't like that and yet like I was also incredibly competent like I was messy but I could get really good grades I was always like it but I just had to like get rid of that shame and be like I'm just different in that way I'm still getting good results and that's fine like yeah for sure so the tutoring was like seems like it was a great survival job do you have another survival job that was like not so great and like have a shocking story. Yeah, I mean, I I have I've had a lot of I've had a lot of jobs. I mean, uh, I tried to be a waiter at a wine bar, and I had never been a waiter before. Oh, good. And I got fired in six days by a text. <laughs> by text. Yeah, and they were like, "We just don't need to come back." Thanks. And I was like, no. what happened? that's how bad I was. That I was, was like opening bottles, like between my legs, like not being like, you know, like if you're in a wine bar, you need to be like, you need to like present it. Yeah. <laughs> between and my this legs. Wine really is da, 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 da. And I was trying to like cram all the wines downstairs and I just didn't know all of them. Yeah. I also was really slow with the software. Like it wasn't anything in particular besides like me being crass, but also it was me not being fast enough. I wasn't, I was not ready. It is a very competitive field because there are a lot of people that of course have, they know the software, they know how to work it. They know what it is, that industry. And I sort of had to count my losses and be like, okay, what, what can I do? 
yeah. that is unique to me that I can that I can charge money for. And like again, yeah. it's kind of it is kind of like what I was telling those ADHD. <laughs> but work with what you got. Work with Bags. what you got. I am Bags. a clumsy person. I when I don't care about something, I will not retain it. Yeah. Um, same. 100%. 100%. 100%. You know, I think that's so interesting because I feel like a lot of actors and artists are like, okay, I have to be a waiter because that's like the path. what you that's do. The, yeah. Yeah. You serve, you wait tables, and then you book it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that's not the path. Like, there are so many paths to take, so many roads to lead you to where you need to go. But yeah, I did the wine a- bottle on the legs really got me. Well, it was the like, it's like the this, this thing. Yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly. You know, you don't do that in a wine bar. And um, I also, I tempt, I I was with a temp agency and at one point I was uh, a receptionist for Max Mara and I felt like I was in the Devil Wears product because I had to like dress up, which I liked, but then like my desk was always really not, not clean. And you're the receptionist, so that's the first face they see, and they were always like, sleep, no. This, no. And I was like, okay, um, (laughs) this is going to be tough for me. Yeah, I've been bad at a lot of things, but I think, think, like, the sooner you can learn to work with what you got and to not shame yourself for being who you are – the quicker you can find things that work for you and work with you a little bit better, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did coverage as well for uh, production companies. So coverage is... Oh, wow. uh, like reading scripts? Reading reading scripts and reading books. Because uh, I my undergrad was in literature. I studied literature. I really like reading. And I, I was like, I think I can... I just reached out to people that I knew that were in production. Mm-hmm. And at first, and this was during the pandemic, I was like, I'll work for free for this amount of months if you give oh, me wow. work. And mm-hmm. and that they trained me essentially how to, to do a, to do good coverage. And then I started charging for it. Oh, wow. That's amazing. You like know how to play to your strengths. I love that. Yeah, I, it was a survival tactic after yeah. <laughs> failing at it and seeing how you know, scary it can be when, you know... It, it can get really rough if you're if you're not having a yeah. good time, you know? For sure. And you feel like you're being sure. spread too thin and you're failing in the acting front and you're failing in the money front. and Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you after a while, you, I had to sort of... I remember a shrink told me this. They were like, the sooner you can realize there's nothing wrong with you, you just got to work with it. Yeah. You just got to work with it and stop pretending to be somebody. Like, just be that and work yeah. with that. Um. And that was very honestly one of the most helpful things I've ever been told. I think just work with your own brain, your own body, your own yeah interests, your own right. When you're not like fitting in this bubble or this mold of like what you think you're supposed to be, and like Mm -hmm. being mean to yourself constantly, and you're like, hey, this is me, and I'm gonna like do the thing the way I think it should be done, then you thrive. Survivors, hello. I hope you're taking notes. <laughs> I was just gonna say hello advice to my own self. Yeah. I mean, I still I'm have to. Do, I still have to say that to myself, honestly. At times, you know, I'm very good at being hard on myself, and then after a while, ultimately, it's always relearning the same lesson of like, well, what if that's not a terrible thing to be? What if you just, yeah. What if you're just great? What if that's just great? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, let's um, transition to yeah. slave play. Um, hey. And I have a, it's like a big question I have for you. Well, it's like multi parts to it, I guess. So I guess my first question is, what were your like initial thoughts when you read the play? And can you tell us about the audition process? Because you originally sure. the role of Patricia, right? I did. So yeah. I was in, I think it was the second reading ever of that play that while Jeremy was still writing it at Yale and the third act didn't exist yet. I think he had done a reading of it as he was writing it with like some close friends before. Mm -hmm. And then he had to do like a reading for the playwriting department and they brought in actors from the city. And I was sent the script and again, no act three yet. I, I still knew that I was going to hold on to that play for dear life. Like I was like, this play is important. I've never seen this. This is dangerous in the right ways. And I'm holding on to this like a leech. I'm going to be yeah. a barnacle <laughs> on this goddamn boat if it kills me. Like, I just knew. I knew. I didn't know where. I didn't know what that looked like. Like, I don't think I was ever like, oh, this is going to Broadway. I, I still can't believe we did it much yeah. on Broadway, much less twice. There's still parts of me that thinks it never belonged on Broadway. But... I'm proud of having gone to Broadway. Don't get me wrong. I'm really proud oh, that sure. that was yeah. my debut. Um, I'm I'm gonna be proud to like brag this to my grandchildren till the day I, you know, um, that my first debut was like a sex play on Broadway. Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> you know about intersectionality and race relations and like, you know, your psyche. Hell yeah! Um, so. But, but my, I guess my point is, like, I read it. I knew it was important. I knew it was incredible. It was one of the first times that I was ever being called to be what I am, which is, like, white passing, sounding this way, but I have an otherness to it. And then, like, they're exploiting, or at least we, we definitely, like, wanted to show the privilege of that, you know? Um, For sure. And so that was the first time that I was like, look, I'm being actually invited to talk about this. You know, how amazing. Then uh, they did a production of it uh, with, the, with students uh, there. Cause I was, I was long gone from YSD. I'm, a, I'm an alum, but I was like long gone from them. To, so I wasn't in that production, but then they did a workshop of it at the O'Neill. I was invited to do it at the O'Neill. And four of us from that workshop stayed on uh, practically all the way wow. through. Um, but I was asked to audition after the O'Neill. Um, some people were given offers and I was asked to audition and I was like, Oh boy. <laughs> <you're> like, <laughs> but you knew okay, though, you, you had put that I into universe it. that wanted you wanted it. it. Yeah. That was yours. I wanted it. I wanted it. Um, and, and I was like, what is it that they, you know, I, I even like, it got like I asked my manager to ask the casting director. I, we figured, but because they knew me, because I, I I wouldn't necessarily have this kind of pull with other teams. But in this one, I was like, what do they need to see that I haven't already shown them? Uh, and they were talking specifically about the dynamic of the therapists. So to you know, and I was like, oh, they need essentially they need me to go butcher, like for <laughs> this dynamic. That yeah. they want to see they need to see this and i did practically the same performance with a completely different costume i moved a little bit differently 
But then I did pull out this out of my sleeve, the whole like accent code shifting moment. If you guys saw it, like I, I have a moment where I start using like my the accent that I use here in Puerto Rico. If I'm talking to somebody in English, they get all of a sudden I become like this person because I am from here and then like yeah. this is how I'm talking here. And then when I'm in New York and I'm talking, you know. For sure, for sure. Then, you, then I talk like this. Uh, so I did that to show to showcase like that kind of privilege, and I think that was sort of what gave me the the part. Um, and I kept it. In fact, they let me put in a pero that is not in the script, but that will always be my pero in that in that play. Oh, amazing! So you and were then I stayed amazing. on, and then I stayed on. So I, I we did New York Theater Workshop. A year later, we we got to go, which I will always love them for. They took all of us to go to Broadway. They didn't, like, replace us with stars. Uh, the only shift was the Kanisha, uh, because at that time, Tiana was a Marvel character. Yeah. Um, and, and then and then after pandemic, and that was a super other, a completely unexpected turn of events, they were like, we're going back. Into Broadway. Yeah. yeah. And I was like... Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there's like another lesson there too, which was like you brought something that was so specific to yourself yeah. to that character, right? And I think I don't know, I felt like when I was always in acting classes, I was always here like be specific, be like be more specific. Like I love that. Like that's kind of what nailed it for you for your in your audition. Like that's pretty incredible. I think so. I think so. I mean I think different parts require different things of you, you know? I think that specific part, you needed to be really nimble with words. You needed to have like the operative words down. Yeah. You needed to like get to the end of the line because it's really lofty idea. So you need to punch certain words. So even like people who don't know what they all mean have an idea of what it is. Uh, that was a big part of the technical element. And then after that, it's like, who are you within all of those words? Where do you, where does, where right. do all of those words fall yeah. into your body? Um, and then like using that, cause I feel like slave play taught me that more than anything. And I'm like, I need to be doing that with more parts. Like right. who the hell am I in this body as I'm saying these things, you know, it's my body. It's not another person's body. It's my That's body. True, so yeah. Use that, you know, um, and hold yourself accountable in that way. I which is that. cool. It's a cool thing yeah. to do, you know, putting yourself mm -hmm. on the hook. Uh, it shows you, it also shows you how human you are when you're putting, holding yourself accountable in that way, which I think, so anyway, so I'm, I'm, my goal is to try to do that more, if not every, every time moving forward. Right. And like, I'm sure you feel much more connected to that character when you're like, oh, this is me within this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, then it brings it makes, you, whole, it makes yeah. you see some things that you don't want to necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But it also humanizes things that you sometimes demonize, you know, like there's the things that you're like, I can't believe that. And then you're like, wait a minute. Oh, I can't yeah. believe it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean like, what about when, when this happens? What about when this happens? Yeah. Don't you right. think you are also kind of holding a double standard to yourself? Right. In that moment? Yeah. Yeah. Right. How does that not, how is that not kind of the same thing, if not exactly the same? You know, um, totally. so, but I think that's a cool, that's a, it's a, it's one of the cool things we get to do as actors, you know? Yeah. Um, really think about how, who we are as human beings. What are we similar in? What, when, what are we different and, and why are it, why is it different? Why is it different? Yeah. yeah. By the way, I saw this production a handful of times and you were 
stellar to sidebar like incredible Thank you. I was like, I need to meet her one day, and here we are. Here we are. I mean, it's a lot. (laughs) And here we are. I I unfortunately did not get to see it, and I'm, like, kicking myself still that I I missed this. Um, Didn't it get filmed, or did I make that up? Yeah, I was about to say, so one of, like, the cool, the Lincoln Center archives Mm -hmm. are, like, a, a prized gem for actors. If you're ever, like, curious about something, I remember once I didn't get the part, but I truly had no idea how a script worked. It was Mackinac. And I still, I was like, what? It's a German play. What the <laughs> hell is this? Don't get it. And I went to Lincoln Center Archives and I like, you know, asked you, you reserve a spot. And I mm-hmm. asked to see a production of it. And it, it made it more, I understood it better. You know, kind of like yeah. when you're reading a play and you're like, I'm not sure how this works. And then you're at a reading of it and you're like, Oh, this is awesome. I love yeah. this play. It clicks, yeah. Uh sometimes sometimes it's on you sometimes you get it right off the page or sometimes you you can't quite see it yet. And you're like, and that's a super so my point is if you want, you can see it there. Yeah. <laughs> my point is is you have access. You have access if you would like, if you would like, it's like a cool, it's a just a good resource in general. If anyone's like, I missed that show, and you're like, well, they might have it. Wow. Yeah. I know I where you that. can go. Um, so, so you've done theater as we've just spoken about. You graduated from Yale School of Drama, and then I know you've done TV and film and dabbled in a bunch of different like verticals for your for your acting. Do you have one that you prefer more than another? Um, if you could talk a little bit about like the differences and like what you need to tap into to do these essentially different types of acting for different spaces. I still feel like I have a lot to, I feel, I feel a sense of mastery, not, but I use mastery in a very loose term. I don't feel like I'm a master. I just feel like I'm in in charge and, and and have a lot of agency in terms of what to use and what not to use in, on, in the theater. It's been many years. Uh, I've been very lucky. So I, I get to, I get to do it a lot. And that, that makes you bet, you know, um, I don't feel that sense of agency and mastery with uh, on camera yet. And it's like, it is a source of frustration for me, but it's important to, to, to do that in order to get better. You know, like it's just, it's a, I'm, I'm still finding it. Um, I'm learning a lot from other actors, which has been great. Like I was just recently in a workshop of a, a new show and Ron Canada was in it. Um, and I can just ask him, I'd be like, listen, Ron, you have a rubber face just like (laughs) and you work on camera a lot what do you do and they'll just tell you because actors tend to be very generous people yeah um so I'm like I'm exploring some of the you know the advice that I'm getting from other people and I'm taking I'll take classes and stuff and I think zoom classes for on camera are, are actually really useful because they're literally seeing what the camera sees yeah uh so, yeah. so I guess my, sorry, that is a, a, a bit of a tangent, but what I mean is that I'm still working on the adjustments that I have to do for on camera acting. Um, as far as I can assess so far, um, it has so much to do with like, theater versus on camera. It has so much to do with the proximity to the audience in theater. You have to serve an audience depending on the house. Right. And energetically, you have to reach 
every seat. And that nice. will imply a certain, a, a certain projection of energy. Uh, when it's on camera, it, it is almost like being right here. So the, this, the performance that I'm doing on stage will not serve this distance. Nobody needs that. Nobody really wants that. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. want to be yeah. talked to like that. Yeah. Really. I would yeah. be moving away. No, it's, it's so true. It's so true. It's so um, yeah. And trusting, I mean, the, the trusting you are enough on camera is even more at stake because it will pick up a thought that you're having. You just need to think it. You don't need to, you don't even need to feel it half the time. I think you just need to think it. Um, yeah. So doing a lot of like mining what the thoughts are that make you say what you do is what's like, I'm noticing making me better. Uh, but yeah, that was the question, right? What's the difference between stage yeah, and like, oh, which, which one, one do, one do you I prefer? prefer? I, mean, I love theater. will always love theater. I can't. Right get rid of it. I will never get rid of it. Um, I will figure out a way to do it. Even if, you know, I get that like career, ideal career that I want, which will ultimately mean more film and, and TV. I will mm -hmm. always make room to do theater just because I think it's, it's my favorite. It's mm -hmm. when I feel most alive, most connected to human beings. And, and I think I'd get unhappy if I don't is the thing is the other yeah. thing that like I, I need to do it like if if possible if life allows me to i would love to do it at least once a year like if i could you know i, yeah. know that I won't get that every year but but that's but you, know, you could I'm happiest but yeah. maybe i could you know like that's yeah. the goal that's the that's what i'm right. casting out i want to be in front of an audience telling a story at least once a year like i really love it and i do think that it just makes you better at everything yeah, all kinds of acting, whether whether it be on camera or not, it's still just like weightlifting, you know. For sure, it also makes you a better person. I think doing theater, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. so vulnerable. I love it so much. Yeah, I, I wish there's... I didn't love it as much as I do sometimes. Yeah. But I love it. <laughs> also, I think there's like something. I mean, I'm I'm no master in any shape or form, but I think there's something more like grounded doing theater as because you're like most of the time you're doing something from like beginning to end rather than when you're on set doing something that's like kind of stop and go and you're doing like, you know, three pages here that could be the beginning of the story or it could be the end yeah. of the story. And then you're just working out of order. So I feel like it's a lot easier to be grounded and more like connected to a character. If you have that theater kind of training, you know, that background. I feel that too. I mean, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. I, I don't really know as much as, as people who are like that their wheelhouse is on TV. I don't know what they yeah. would say. Uh, but of course I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's cool. Well, I had a different question for you, but I'm going to change it up, Sam, <laughs> because I know there's a lot of talk in the media right now with like the cancellation of Batgirl and, and James Franco playing <laughs> Castro. Like how, what's going on? Like, how do you, how do you think, entertainment industry can be more inclusive to our Latin, Latina, Latino performers. Latinx, I'm not sure if people like to use that term now. I'm gonna drink a- Yeah, drink take a, a little coffee. sip first. <laughs> yeah, get the fuel. This yeah, is my emotional little... support mug. Perfect. Um, I need one of those. <laughs> um, 
I think what's so upsetting, and I, I know, you know, that a lot of groups that feel, you know, in some way marginalized or extremely marginalized will agree with this. I think what's so frustrating about having to, you know, deal with questions like this, not that that's, it's a very legitimate, important question, but I think yeah. what, what's frustrating is that it feels really common sense, the answer. Um, and the answer is give people a chance in that community to tell their stories um, and allow those stories to exist in the world. And, you know, we will have made it in general if you know latinos black people you know native american stories asian stories get to do what white male directors get to do all the time which is doing when we get to do a mediocre movie and it affects no one and we just get another one right after holy yeah. shit we made it we made it <laughs> yeah we made it we it's made it it's always writing on one. It's like always like you gotta and have it, this one shot. And it really, right. it really bothers me because you know, it's impossible to get it perfect. I don't know what art is perfect. And even in the Heights, which did you know acknowledge the the mistakes that it made, it was the one film that was out. So also, it was like yes, absolutely, they made mistakes. I don't know if we can cancel the one movie that we have out. I just right. I, yeah. I, I think we just need more movies. I don't think it's the fault of the one movie. I think it's the fault of the system that only allows us to have one movie, you know? Um, and, it, and, it's giving, and it's giving, you know, more... It's making us be scared to tell our story sometimes because we could get it wrong. But the problem is really the scarcity. Like, that's the real issue here. Um, and the few stories that are given to us when they cast white actors, I just want to burn it all down. <laughs> and it's not like, an issue. And I have no room. issue with the actor that was cast with, as Fidel Castro in particular. I don't know him. I don't, but I know that he shouldn't be playing it. And I know that there should be enough agency for people to say, even that actor to go, that's not my story to tell. I've, I've yeah. been, I've been in situations with like Latino plays where, because we're all somehow the same or it's some kind of a monolith. I've been invited to do, to audition for a part that is definitely for like an indigenous Mexican woman to play. And I have to go, absolutely not. That's not my story to tell. Thank you very much. Give it to someone who needs to play and tell this story. And yeah. I think that it's not just the actor's fault, but I think it's all, I think we as actors also need to hold ourselves accountable as to what stories we tell and what bodies yeah. we inhabit. Like, so it's wrong yeah. and yeah. Batgirl getting canceled is wrong. And how can we be better letting Batgirl happen and giving Fidel Castro to a Cuban man? Yeah. It just seems so like, obvious, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> it's like That's the hard thing when people are like, okay, okay, everything I do, I'm trying to help and I get it wrong. And I'm like, just be better. It's not yeah. that hard. It really isn't that hard. It I I really isn't that hard. It's not that hard. Mm -hmm. It's not that impossible to fathom get, giving the stories to the people who have that story to tell. Yes. Yeah. And the same things keep happening, which blows my mind. It's like, why aren't we learning from 
past mistakes and errors and that those are, that are getting called out and, and spoken about. And then we're doing it repetitive over and over. I have no, 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 no. I, only white people get to be transformative. So <laughs> they get to transform, but we just have to wait till when we get a, a, only an exclusively Latino part. Yeah. The economics is screwed there. So no, if you, if, if I get to be transformative, when we all get to be transformative, then we can, then, then I'm, I have no problem with James Franco playing Fidel Castro. Preach. Preach. I'm sorry. I feel like I, <laughs> I opened up a I just got heated. Worms, I got, no, I got, no. Sorry, Mito. No, I that's, love it. That's what because, it. I mean, it's what it is. That's what yeah. it is. And that's what, and the, those are the areas where like we as like, Artists need to push. We need to push. You have to push, and that's part of your responsibility. Like, because at first 100%. I thought, like, looking the way that I did, like, mm -hmm. I thought, I thought I could be transformative. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm not. I think in stage you are allowed to be more transformative than in other spaces. Mm -hmm. uh, but I haven't been allowed to be transformative on screen. And I, I was once denied a part uh, or denied a, a callback because they were going strictly Caucasian, which is strictly illegal, by the way. Um, and I, I realized that, like, even though I thought that I could, and then they're not letting me, that, like, my added responsibility as an artist is to push for that to be the case, for that to be the case, if not for me, for, like, the people coming after me. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily a role that anyone wants, but it's if you're going to be an artist, that's that's part of the job, right? And if 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 we don't work harder now in this generation to make the change, it's just going to keep on repeating itself, and people will speak out and like do a spread of all the black playwrights to like look like they're making a difference, and then things like this keep happening. So we can pretend to like show. Look at us, how good we are making this change. And then these things keep happening. So the change is actually not happening. You're just That's trying right. to like be performative and show it so you don't get canceled. Yeah, they get the picture right. Like they're very good at getting the picture. They have the picture. So, so then you get the check, but they're not looking at like who's in the boardroom, who's making the calls. Like not, none of, it's not happening on a systemic level. I think we've made strides, but man, do we have a long way to go. Um, a long well, way yeah, to go. For sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, thank you. But for that's being part of so our job. With that. Yeah. But I think that's part of our job. It sucks, but it's part of our job. And that's when like art is inherently political. Like that's when you're like, and now I'm in politics. Totally. And Jason, you were like, hey, I'm so sorry for asking that. Like, no, this is why we have this space. This is why we have this show, this platform. Yes, we want to talk about survival jobs and how people get there. But like, we're also talking about art and like this industry. And we're lucky to have a show and a space to do it. So like, don't be sorry ever, babe. We got <laughs> yeah. this. And we're lucky to have amazing guests such as yourself who are like, open and wanting to speak about it. So thank you so much for, for using your voice with us and being so open and vulnerable. You're so badass. Thank, thank you. you, so are you guys. I'm really happy that, <laughs> you know, that we did this. Yeah, it's sure. amazing. So we are coming to the end of our show. We have one more question. And then I don't even think we gave you the heads up that we play a fun game to end the show to keep everything light and bring it back to fun. So 
Okay. I hope you're okay with it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's my party line, Jason. Every show, I'm like, "Hey, so we uh, didn't tell forgot you to tell you." And like you would think, talk about learning from errors. Like you would think next time I would be like, "Hey, just so you know, is are you okay with the game?" But it's just not happening. Anyway, we always we like to bring it back to survival jobs to end the show. So if you had to go back to your least favorite survival job for ten years. To come out of that, to have your dream artistic life, whatever that means to you, whatever your perfect day as an artist looks like, you get that every single day for the rest of your life. Would you do that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Fierce. So you'd be trying to pop those bottles? Like- trying to wine <laughs> bottles in between your legs. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wow. And I also love how quick you were with that yes. Because typically my I mean, I'm willing yes to put up with too. a lot of crap. I'm willing to put up with a lot of crap as long as I know that I chose it. And as long as I know that it's like for something bigger and right. Uh, and I think it's, yeah, I, I am willing to put up with a lot of crap as long as it's like for something towards something. So um, yeah. sidebar, I know we, we are limited on time, but is there someone you really want to collaborate with? Like off the top of your head, like someone you John really Leguizamo. like. I really oh, want to collaborate yes. with John Leguizamo. I think he's like, uh, you know, I, I'm starting to break into like the writing space and um, and I'm just like, I just really like how he's using his voice as a platform to like allow more Latina stories to happen. And Thank God. Uh, I think he's hilarious and I think he's incredibly talented and transformative and I just want to talk to him as well. Like I want to pick his brain. Uh, I think he's in it and I think he's using his art in the right way. So I, I just, Preach. I would love to work with him. Yeah. Let's manifest it here together. It's going to happen. Power of three. Power <laughs> of three to manifest. Let's put it into the universe. And then you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember I was on that podcast and I, I, I manifested this with Jason and Samantha. <laughs> I love that. No, and I would that, absolutely love that. And I would love to get to be, a, you know, at, at a point in my career that he's at, which is like to help other artists, you know, um, I just think he's, I think he's top. So How beautiful is that, that that's your goal to like, hey, be at a place to help others. And I feel like that's not everyone. Not everyone feels that. A lot of artists just want, just look out for themselves and want to get to that level that they think is the dream it level was, or whatever. It was my dream. It was my dream to be that. But um, I saw how many obstacles there were to yeah. having that dream be a reality even for one person. And then the more I got angry, the more I started making stuff. Um, And the more I started making stuff, the more I started expanding and feeling agency and not relying on other people to tell me whether I'm good or not. And like, and then more opportunities came out of that. So yeah, I think that's where it's at. I really do. I think it's just, I think that's where it's at for, for, I think that's where it is. I think that's where it is. Helping in, in the helping and in the being in conversations and in the, expanding voices space is is ultimately way more fulfilling and I think you get to have you get to be one of those voices you know so like you're you're the part of yourself that loves attention as an actor that wants to get to do some of it you know physically you might get to do that in the process of helping other people like totally pretty cool you know yeah a hundred percent you kind of get both a little bit in that process and you feel like you're fighting something big that needs to get fought 
and it makes you like cave less if something goes wrong because it's less about you it's like you have other people that are fighting with you and you're like damn that sucked and you have somebody to go to the bar with and (laughs) lament and then you fight the next day again yeah you know just keep it going yeah you're awesome. Thank you so much again. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, this was amazing. So so we'll do a really quick game. This okay. game was born out of your education at the Yale School of Drama. Okay. The game is called <laughs> the game is called Yale or Jail. <laughs> so we're gonna read you name of actors and you're gonna tell us if they went to Yale or if they played a character that was in jail or went to jail. <laughs> you know that my mom, my mom is Cuban um, and has very thick American uh, accent speaking in English. And yeah. she says that I went to jail. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. So I just, <laughs> then this is it's the Very game. fitting, very fitting, I guess. Because yeah. <laughs> anyway. yeah, you're home, at, you're home with your mom. Like, yeah. yeah, and here we all are. <laughs> By the way, a big like uh, note about the game is that some of the actors we read didn't go to Yale School of Drama, but they went to to Yale. I almost said they okay. went to jail. They've got, <laughs> they they went, to went to Yale. Yale. They went to Yale in some, in some way. Maybe an undergrad, okay. maybe studied, whatever. Okay. This is fun. Here we go. Okay. All right. Jay, you want to take the first? Sure. Angela Bassett. Yale. Yale. Oh, there you go. Bing, bing, bing. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> that was quick. Hello, New York City Horns. <laughs> Claire Danes. Yale. Correct. Clint Eastwood. Jail. Correct. <laughs> he was an Alcatraz. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. Jail. Yeah. Hello. That was like the best one. Uh, Lupita Nyongo. Yale. Yale. You're below me. Oh, really? That's so funny. Yeah. Iconic. John Malkovich. Jail. Correct. (laughs) He was Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. Oh, I love that movie. (laughs) Yeah, Cyrus the Virus. (laughs) Oh, uh, Francis McDormand. Oh, Yale. Yeah, you know you're nailing this. You're nailing this. Because she's one of my role models. Like, I'm always like, same. <laughs> She's so badass. Um, Nicholas Cage. Jail. Yep. <laughs> yes. From Raising Arizona. Yep. And last but not least. He's played more people in jail. I feel like he was he wasn't he in Wait, was he in Con- too? Was he in Con Air? Or is he not in Con Air? No. Was he in Con Air? Let me tell you guys, this is all from Google.com. <laughs> it so works. I don't know. That works. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, last one. Um, Lee Schreiber. Yale. Yale. And he got Whoa. 100. Ding, ding, ding. By the way, <laughs> nobody really ever nails the game without us, like, cheating or helping. You literally <laughs> just got that. Perfect. So, like, I think, Jason, I, I don't know, Jason, maybe you know. Did we just set a survival jobs record? I think so. Congratulations. I think so, oh, God. I don't like... know if I'm proud of that, that I'm like that freaking no, like savvy about trivia. Jail or jail. And the prize is we're going to have to take you out to dinner when you're back in uh, New York. 
I will gladly <laughs> take you up on that. Meet yes. us at the Glasshouse Tavern for some corn risotto. <laughs> yes. It's so good. I go, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my Amazing. Gosh. Before we leave, can you tell everyone, all the listeners, where they can follow you on Instagram, Twitter, or how to keep up with what projects you're going on? Sure. I mean, mostly Instagram. My, you know, handle is Irene Sophia Lucio. And uh, yeah, for the most part, I have all my info there. So you can just do that. Perfect. Follow awesome. her, you people. I'm going to follow and, right now. I don't yeah. Know <laughs> I'll follow you back. Yes. And then should we say where to find us? Samantha? Yes. And if you're tuning in for the first time, be sure to follow us at Survival Jobs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Shoot us an email at survivaljobspod at gmail.com. Let us know who you want to come on the show. Follow my boy Jason at Jason A. Coombs. And I am Sammy Tuts. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy your time in Puerto Rico. Thank you, beauties. Thank you so much for having me. I really had a great time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.